Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL 1450 on the AM dial. 1039 in the capital region of New Hampshire. 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. This program is presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Hope all of you had a, a wonderful weekend. It is a delight to have you with us today. And by the way, if you would uh, care to call in, if you have any thoughts, views, ideas, opinions as to what's going on locally or nationally or just have an interesting anecdote to talk about, well, feel free to participate at 603-224-1450, just like our station's AM frequency, 603-224-1450. The best thing is when you call, a cat will answer the phone, so you'll have a chance to talk to cat. Our producer slash general manager here at uh, at WKXL, and, and Kat, you must have known, you must have known uh, that today is National Senior Citizen Day. <laughs> Why is that? Huh? Why is that? Well, oh, because you brought me coffee. Oh my gosh! Stop you that! You brought me coffee. <laughs> Ken. I appreciate that. Oh, uh, well, funny. I'm a national senior citizen, you so it is uh, it is our our day. So <laughs> you're welcome. A, a day to celebrate our senior citizens, of mm. uh, which there are many, and I'm sure uh, a few listening to this program uh, right now, even as we speak. So we celebrate senior citizens on this uh, Monday, August the 21st. And uh, by the way, uh, speaking of senior citizens. Uh, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, country store uh, in New Hampshire has reopened. I was not aware of it until yesterday, but Roby's Country Store in Hooksett has reopened. And I only knew that because my uh, good friend Nicole Knox Murphy, who has uh, been on this station uh, playing her great music from time to time, Nicole Knox Murphy was performing there yesterday at the grand reopening of Roby's Country Store in Hooksett. And uh, many Hooksett residents gathered in Hooksett Village, which is the area of Hooksett where Roby's is located, listened to uh, Nicole play music and then uh, some uh, speeches from uh, local dignitaries, and including the uh, Roby family. So it's been open for a couple of weeks. It, it was open under a different name for a while, then it closed down for several years. But now it's back. And uh, I'll tell you what, there is so much a presidential memorabilia, pictures and memorabilia uh, commemorating many primaries of the past. I mean, Roby's more than a country store is like a museum with all the pictures on the walls and uh, you know commemorative items from past primaries. Hey, we're in the primary season again. I'm sure some of the candidates, now that it's reopened, will be uh, stopping by Roby's Country Store. 
But it's great to have it open. It, it really is. And uh, I know the residents of Hookston, and especially in that immediate area, really missed it. Because you know what? People hung out at, uh, at Roby's and got a lot of the local gossip there at Roby's Country Store uh, over the years. So I'm glad to see that they are open and uh, they are collaborating uh, with a, a family farm, um, Roby's family farm. Uh, up north, and uh, it, it's going to be great. So uh, Roby's is back open in Hooksett Village after uh, a several-year uh, hiatus. And, uh, and it's just great to see all the folks gathered there on a beautiful Sunday morning and uh, early afternoon. So uh, that's uh, that's one thing I did over the weekend. The other thing is, is uh, I watched a little baseball. I know you find it hard to believe, but I did. And the Red Sox swept the New York Yankees. Three straight. Yankees have lost eight in a row. The Yankees have lost eight in a row. That's their longest losing streak since 1995, I do believe. Ken Kale. Yes. We have a Charlie Russell on the line. Oh, Charlie Russell. Charlie, how are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful, Ken. I it was coming back from the post office this morning, and I heard you were on, and I thought I'd call and didn't know it was National Senior Citizen Day. I'm one. I guess you are, too. Oh, I am, Charlie. I certainly qualify. Yeah, but I'm, anyway. Yeah. I'm all overqualified, I think, for that, well, for that whatever. position. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, a miss is as good as a mile, so if you're over the line, I guess you're qualified. There, there you go. I, I did, but I didn't know you qualified, Charlie. Oh God, God, and then some. Can I got you beat? <laughs> but but I but I called to uh, with faint praise, I guess, for the city of Concord Beaver Meadow Golf Course because they give a discount to uh, senior citizens that play golf up there. There you go. There and you go. there's been a lot of news about you know a potential new clubhouse and everything. Right. And if you right, you look at the, you look at the rates, but. Uh, you know they uh, they but they they uh, they don't charge out of towners a premium a little extra for playing golf here, which I think is kind of missing the boat. If the taxpayers are supporting the uh, the local golf course, uh, when you get a library card from out of town, you have to pay extra. Or if you obviously if your kid goes to school here from Deerfield, you pay and. Uh, and uh, the pool passes, so I'm not sure why the golf course doesn't charge a little extra for out of towners. Since or, or, or Charlie, charge less for Concord residents. You can well, look at it either way, right? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, six to one, half dozen the other. Right. But the but the but the other the other thing on the rates is if you're 25 to 39 years old, you get a discount because you're a junior. Now, I don't know many juniors. I mean, I would think the junior age would end sometime in your 20s. But I, so I we're given so. we were given a $400 discount on uh, season passes uh, to oh, okay. uh, 35 and 38-year-olds who are yeah. supposedly juniors. So and, and in the prime of their income years as well. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, so yeah, anyway, they... Yeah. I went up to the presentation on the golf course uh, a couple nights ago, and yep. you know they got a they got a golf course uh, clubhouse, uh, pretty pretty nifty design. Apparently, it's it's uh, it's uh, modeled after one down in North Reading or Reading, the Meadowbrook 
uh, clubhouse, okay. yeah. which which cost about $6 million to build two or three years ago. So um, it seems like that would be uh, a starting point on the cost. But they didn't seem to know when the questions were asked. Nobody seemed to know what the uh, the new clubhouse would cost, which is certainly something that ought to be discussed during the, the election year this year. But anyway. So. Well, I, I think they could ask the people at uh, Pembroke Pines. Uh, yeah, because yeah. They, they are building a, a beautiful new clubhouse at uh, Pembroke Pines, yeah, and, and yeah. I and I think that's why there there is a move afoot to uh, you know to uh, do the same at, at Beaver Meadow. Yeah, well, you know, and they're, they're, they, I mean, the design they're going to have a uh, an indoor and outdoor uh, eating facility. They're going to have some expandable banquet rooms. Uh, the New Hampshire. Golf Association is going to rent some space upstairs, so there should be some income coming in from those rentals for the restaurant and everything else. But you know, it's a good-looking facility. Uh, the only question is: is it going to support itself, or is you know, are the taxpayers going to have to pick up the difference? Uh, you know, golf is a great sport, but last I knew, it was a you know, two thousand or so for a, a seasonal membership yeah, there, and it gets expensive. There's no doubt and, about it. I haven't bought clubs in years, but I've been told put away a thousand bucks and you might find something that's suitable. So you know it's an expensive sport, but it is, it is. But anyway, it so anyway, is. well, Charlie, so anyway. it's it's great to hear from you, and uh, I will wish you a happy National Senior Citizens Day. Okay, and of course, of course, Charlie, Charlie, a long time, you know, voice of uh, of Concord Sports on uh, local access cable and uh, Concord TV. And uh, Charlie does a terrific job, and uh, we see each other all the time during hockey season. Yeah, that's it. Well, I can can hardly wait. I don't know what the opening day is. It's usually a red letter day on my calendar. So have a good day. All right, Charlie. Thanks for the call. Bye. I appreciate it, Charlie Russell, a good friend, and uh, call in, calling in today, checking in on National Senior Citizens Day, and uh, you can as well. Six zero three two two four fourteen fifty is the number. Anything you'd uh, like to throw out there, especially if it's uh, local, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Yeah, lots of talk about a new clubhouse for Beaver Meadow. And I think basically it comes down to uh, two things. Well, first, they they need it. Uh, Secondly, it's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses, I think, in Pembroke. Because uh, I've seen what they're doing in Pembroke at Pembroke Pines golf course and uh they are building uh, an extraordinary uh clubhouse which will be uh you know suitable for all kinds of functions overlooking the the golf course it's very picturesque take a drive by sometime we will uh, take a break kale and company continues after these messages on uh, wkxl and nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We'll take your calls this morning, 603-224-1450. Easy number to remember, given the last four digits, the frequency of WKXL. For a long, long time. Back to the, uh, the 40s. Hard to believe, huh? Time flies when you're having fun. Speaking of uh, having fun, a lot of people had fun uh, in, in Portland, Maine over the weekend. 
uh, watching live and in person the Savannah Bananas. Now, you've probably heard about the Savannah Bananas uh, baseball team, and uh, they're akin to the Harlem Globetrotters. They are really the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball because they travel around with their opposition. Uh, and uh, in this case, the team, their opposition was called the Party Animals, and they played uh, Friday and Saturday nights at the beautiful Hadlock Field uh, in Portland, the home of the Portland Sea Dogs of the Eastern League. Place was packed. You know, uh, we all know about Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, the money she has been getting for her tour that uh, she is currently on. I mean, it, 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 if you go to the uh, the secondary market, uh, Ticketmaster, uh, StubHub, uh, whatever the secondary market outlet might might be, you know that you cannot see a Taylor Swift concert for uh, under a thousand dollars, and most of the tickets are more than that. But it's you know, if, if you pay a thousand bucks, you're probably going to be sitting about six miles away. Uh, for a Taylor Swift concert, no matter what the venue might be. You know, the most expensive ticket, and I've researched this. This is not something I'm, I'm making up, folks. The most expensive baseball ticket this summer are tickets to see the Savannah Bananas in person. And they just completed the New England portion of their world tour. And, you know, they've been around now six or seven years, but for the most part have played pretty much in the South, Savannah, Georgia being their home base. I went on their website the other day, and, you know, they charge for tickets uh, online, although they're all sold out and you have to get on a waiting list to get tickets because most of the venues they play in are relatively small, like minor league parks, six, 7,000 people maybe at most. I don't believe they have ever played in a major league park, but I'm sure they could fill that as well. But their ticket price uh, online, if you can get them, $25. But if you went online last week to see if you could see them play in, let's say, in Hartford, or in Portland, you would be paying or would have paid upwards of $200. Now, there, there's no other team in baseball, major or minor league, that have uh, on in the secondary market uh, tickets uh, that start, start at $200. And the Savannah Bananas were able, uh, in, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm not blaming them, I'm, they, they charge 25 bucks a ticket. These people who get these $25 tickets are going online and reselling them for a, a good profit. And the place was packed both nights at Hadlock Field in Portland. I was not there, but I did see it on TV. And it's a good show. It's a good show. I think if I had honestly paid $200 or more to see it live, I believe I would have had a case of buyer's remorse. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoy baseball very much, and I like to watch it at all levels, 
whether it be the major league level, minor league level, you name it, amateur baseball, high school baseball. And the Savannah Bananas, as I say, they are like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball, and they do their antics uh, on the field. They uh, bring in names once in a while. Bill Lee has played for the Savannah Bananas. Johnny Damon has played occasionally for the Savannah Bananas. Jake Peavy, another former Red Sox pitcher, uh, has uh, played for the Savannah Bananas. But they go through uh, antics and uh, dance routines and, and that sort of thing. They, uh, they try to make uh, spectacular plays out of what are really routine plays uh, in, in baseball. But it's all part of the show. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But I think I would have had buyer's remorse had I paid $200 a ticket or more to see the Savannah Bananas in person. You know, you see it once, you know, maybe, you know, see it once, uh, you know, and you've pretty much seen it. I mean, the, the games are meaningless. I mean, they, 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 have, they travel with their opposition. But unlike the Globetrotters, the Savannah Bananas lose from time to time. Now, Globetrotters never lose, but the Savannah Bananas do. But it's always fun, and uh, it's it's entertaining to the point where if a fan in the stands catches a foul ball in the air when the Savannah Bananas' opponent is at bat, it counts as an out. If a fan in the stands, you you heard it right, if a fan in the stands makes a catch in the air of a foul ball off the bat of a banana's opponent, it counts as an out. So that's how crazy it is. That's that's just one example of how crazy it is. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Kids love it. Kids aren't paying 200 bucks a ticket either. Uh, <laughs> so at any rate, it was, it was fun to watch. Nesson had it, uh, over the weekend and, uh, saw some of that along with your Boston Red Sox who swept the Yankees. The uh, Red Sox have dominated the Yankees, uh, this year. The Yankees now the only team in the American League East that does not have a record above the 500 mark. In fact, they're under 500 right now. One of the big stories over the weekend was uh, injured Patriots defensive back Isaiah Bolden, who took uh, some friendly fire on Saturday night at Lambeau Field from a teammate. And it was very, very scary. Uh, Saturday night, watching uh, that exhibition game on television. But the good news is Isaiah Bolden has been released from a Green Bay hospital following that scary incident in the game uh, against Green Bay on Saturday. Patriots spokesman said yesterday that Bolden was held overnight for observations at Aurora Bay Medical Center in Green Bay. And as a result of what took place on Saturday night, the Patriots have canceled their upcoming joint practices with the Tennessee Titans that were scheduled for tomorrow and Wednesday. The team will instead be uh, training in Foxborough, then fly to Nashville on Thursday for the preseason game with the Titans 
on Friday. The cornerback, uh, Bolden, uh, thanked people for their support on X. I'll never get used to that. On X, formerly known as Twitter, on uh, Sunday. Uh, he was injured with uh, just over 10 minutes left in the, uh, in the ball game. And after he was taken uh, off the field, uh, he was uh, carted off the field on a stretcher. The remainder of play was suspended. But the good news is he did travel back home with his, the rest of his teammates on Sunday. So uh, that, that was good. I don't know if he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, but uh, we shall see. But apparently, uh, uh, very quickly, he had movement in all of his extremities. So it was, it was a good sign, but uh, taken and held for observation Saturday night into Sunday morning and then flew back, which is a good sign that they allowed him to even fly uh, after having taken the, the hit that he did on, uh, on Saturday night. So that in itself is uh, a good sign that uh, he is going to be uh, okay. We'll see uh, when he returns to the Patriots practice field. But they do have their final preseason game on Friday night in Nashville, Tennessee against the uh, Tennessee Titans and their head coach, former Patriots linebacker Mike Vrabel. All right, the music means, folks. We have to mosey on out of here, take a break. But then when we return, we'll have more of Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. If you'd like to join us today, be on the radio. You can do it very simply, 603-224-1450-1450. Kale and Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. If you would like to participate in the program today, by all means, lines are open. 603-224-1450-603-224-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450-1450
top songs. You're a senior citizen. You're listening to this program. You'll remember the top five songs on this date in 1963. Number five, Judy's Turn to Cry by Leslie Gore. Remember that one? Of course you do. Uh, number four, Wipe Out, which was an instrumental by the Safaris. Number three, You're the Devil in Disguise. Elvis, along with the uh, Jordanaires, great backup group that uh, Elvis had. The number two song this week, 60 years ago, 1963, Blowing in the Wind, Peter, Paul, and Mary. And the number one song this week, 1963, Fingertips Part 2, by, as they used to call him, Little Stevie Wonder, Fingertips Part 2. You know what? I've got to be honest. I never enjoyed that song. I, I never thought it was one of Stevie's best, but 60 years ago on this date, it was number one. As we mentioned, the uh, Red Sox swept the Yankees this weekend. In case you missed, in case you missed it, uh, Luis Arias of the Red Sox, who was obtained at the trading deadline, did something that no Red Sox player had done in 83 years. 83 years. Urias uh, belted a grand slam home run in the second inning of the Sox, 8-1 uh, to win over the Yankees on Saturday in the Bronx. And that grand slam came on the first pitch that he saw from Yankees ace Garrett Cole. The last pitch, Urias, or Urias, I'm still not quite sure, uh, swung at before that at bat, came Thursday afternoon in a Red Sox uh, a loss to the Washington Nationals in D.C., and he hit a grand slam in Washington on Thursday. Did not play Friday. And on his next swing, so back-to-back -back swings, Thursday and Saturday, Luis Urias hit grand slams. And it was the first time a Red Sox player has hit grand slam home runs in back-to-back -back games that he has played in since Double X, Jimmy Fox, did it in 1940 some 83 years ago. No Red Sox player had hit back-to-back -back home runs in consecutive games, or at least the consecutive games that he played, in 83 years. And Urias did it on back-to-back -back swings, one in Washington, one in the Bronx. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm sure you've heard by now there is a debate, first presidential debate of the season. It's coming up on Wednesday. I think we've been hearing about this for seven or eight years now. Seems that way anyway, if, if you watch a certain network on television. But uh, former President Trump yesterday confirmed that he'll be skipping Wednesday's first Republican presidential primary debate. And others as well, other debates. 
According to Trump, the public knows who I am and what a successful presidency I had. I will therefore not be doing the debates. His spokesman uh, did not immediately clarify whether he plans to boycott every primary debate or just those that have currently been scheduled. The former president and early GOP frontrunner has said for months that he saw little upside in joining his GOP rivals on stage when they gather for the first time in Milwaukee on Wednesday. Given his commanding lead in the race, and he has made clear to those he had spoken to in recent days that his opinion had not changed. Quoting Trump here, why would I, why would I allow people at 1% or 2% and 0% to be hitting me with questions all night? He said in an interview in June with Fox News host Brett Baer, who will be serving as one of the moderators along with Martha McCallum. Trump has also repeatedly criticized Fox the host of the August 23rd primetime event, insisting it is a, and I quote here, a hostile network that he believes will not treat him fairly. I will say this during his candidacy in 2020, for sure, uh, Fox was not a hostile network to Donald Trump uh, in 2016 or 2020. When he ran for the first time and won in 2016, uh, many believe that uh, Fox was a very important component in that shocking victory over Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, Trump, of course, uh, had been discussing a number of debate counter-programming options, including sitting for an interview with ex-Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who has been hosting a show on the website formerly known as Twitter, which is now X. Now, Carlson was spotted at Trump's Bedminster, New Jersey, golf club ahead of the announcement, according to a person familiar with the visit, who spoke on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss it. The New York Times reported Saturday that the interview with Carlson is set to air Wednesday, and it's already been taped. So I don't know. I think the debate starts at 9, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know whether they plan to go head-to-head with that on X or whether they're going to uh, try to beat the uh, the debate by an hour. I don't know. I, I, I Many unanswered questions, except for the fact we know that Donald J. Trump will not be among the Republicans on stage that night. So, so he can't go around saying that, you know, Joe Biden is the only one avoiding the debate stage when the issue comes up because now he's avoiding the debate stage. The idea had uh, been one of several alternatives. We're talking about his conversation, which has apparently been recorded with uh, Tucker Carlson. And that, that was one of the options that had been floated in recent weeks. And they also included possibly showing up in Milwaukee, site of the debate, at the last minute, or attending but sitting in the audience uh, 
and offering live commentary on his Truth Social site. He had also discussed a potentially calling into different networks to draw viewers from the debate or holding a rally instead. The decision marks another chapter in Trump's ongoing feud with Fox, which was once a staunch defender, but is now perceived to be more favorable to his leading rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Fox executives and hosts had lobbied Trump to attend both privately and on the network's airwaves, but Trump, according to a person close to him, was unswayed, believing executives would not have been wooing him if they weren't concerned about their ratings. All comes down to ratings. Take a break. Kale and company will continue. If you'd like to chime in, feel free to do so. We've already had uh, Charlie Russell check in this morning. 603-224-1450 is the number to call here on Kale and Company Live. Live radio here on WKXLNHtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. KM and Company live here on WKXLNHtalkradio.com. Hey, you just heard that uh, commercial for the Weir's Times. Speaking of the Weir's Times, one of their great columnists will be in studio with us tomorrow. The Honorable Mike Moffat. We'll be here. Saw Mike over the weekend at uh, Merrimack Valley High School. We were doing uh, uh, a walk to benefit the uh, Loudon Lions Club and all the great work they do. Mike is a member of the uh, Loudon Lions, and he'll be here tomorrow to talk about uh, his uh, recent trip to Indianapolis. He was at a uh, legislative gathering. Uh, legislators all over the country gathered in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, they gathered at the home of the Indianapolis Colts, and I, I saw one picture where uh, Michael was surrounded by a bevy, a bevy, look that word up, a bevy of uh, Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders at Lucas Oil Field in uh, Indianapolis. So we'll ask him about that, and uh, if if anything concrete took place at that legislative gathering or whether it was just, you know, like playing cornhole on the football field and and meeting with the cheerleaders. He told me uh, he missed a meeting or an opportunity to meet, I should say, uh, Peyton Manning, former Colt himself, who was there, but uh, Michael had to attend to some business and uh, come home. But uh, he will be joining us tomorrow and... Wednesday, we will be joined in studio by the incomparable Peter St. James. But today, it's just you and me. And uh, if you want to uh, give me a call, time is time is of the essence. We're heading down the home stretch here. 603-224-1450 on National Senior Citizens Day. And uh, Steve Dupree, most of you uh, recognize that name. Uh, I don't know if anybody has done uh, more for Concord in uh, recent decades than uh, Steve Dupree. Uh, And uh, a great article yesterday in the Concord Monitor. Uh, The moment Stephen Dupree laid eyes on the iconic Concord coach at the Conway, New Hampshire Bicentennial Parade, he was transported back to 
to the rugged charm of old westerns. Looking back on the account, the encounter as a 12-year-old. Now, this is when he saw the iconic Concord coach as a 12-year-old. Dupree said, and I quote, it looked like just every one that you ever saw in a Western TV show or the movies, the, the Concord coach. And ever since, Dupree, a Concord resident and a property developer, has developed many of the properties uh, in downtown Concord, has had a profound interest in the historic red coaches that became the preferred mode of transportation in the 19th century. Now, Steve Dupree's vision is to exhibit the Concord coach crafted by local manufacturers Lewis Abbott and J. Stevens Downing back in 1827, right in the heart of downtown Concord for the public to view. Dupree said it's sort of uh, almost shameful that the city was uh, famous around the country for Concord coaches and has no place for somebody on a weekend that could go see one. He said you can learn more about the history of Concord coaches in museums across the country than you can right here where they became famous back in the 1800s. So the city council on Monday approved Dupree Company LLC to build a structure to display the Abbott, uh, the Abbott Downing Concord Coach on South Main Street and appropriated $100,000 to support the project. Steve Dupree said, uh, I have long been an advocate that we should have a coach somewhere for the public to see, and the city has been very supportive. The exhibit is expected to be uh, located between the buildings at 45 South Main Street, which houses Gibson's Bookstore, and 49 South Main Street, where the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen Headquarters and the Chamber of Commerce Office are situated. The estimated total development cost of the project is approximately $200,000 to $250,000. The planned structure, designed as a glass enclosure, will span dimensions of approximately, approximately 12 feet in width, 20 feet in length, and 15 feet in height to accommodate a museum-quality replica of the historic Concord coach owned by Dupree. Now, Steve Dupree purchased a replica from his friends Sutton Marshall and his wife Margaret who are collectors of Abbott Downing coaches. The coach right now uh, is in storage at one of uh, Steve's Concord properties. The enclosure will feature climate control technology and solar-shaded glass panels to ensure safe preservation. Of the original 150 coaches, 21 remain in New Hampshire today, according to to the Abbott Downing Historical Society, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving and educating the public about the Concord Coach's pivotal role in American history. On August 24th, one of the coaches, Concord Coach number 80, owned by Concord Group Insurance, will find a new home under the care of the Abbott Downing Historical Society 
as the company has moved to Bedford from Concord. While Dupree anticipates that obtaining the necessary permits might extend until the year's end, he remains optimistic that the project will serve as a tribute to the city's rich manufacturing history. Dupree said, and I quote, I think people today forget what a hub of manufacturing Concord, New Hampshire was uh, in the 1800s. Concord opened the westward expansion in the United States and settled the West. So there you go, another great uh, undertaking by uh, Steve Dupree, again, uh, who has done so much uh, for this uh, city of Concord. So uh, it's uh, very interesting. We're going to have a uh, Concord coach right there by Gibson's and uh, the uh, League of New Hampshire uh, facility and the Chamber of Commerce as well in a glass enclosure. Uh, Freelance writer uh, Ken McGray in a, a website called Only in Your State, Only in Your State, meaning New Hampshire, talks about the most remote state park in New Hampshire being the perfect place to escape. He writes that uh, some of New Hampshire state parks are easily accessible from major highways, which makes them very popular. But the most remote state park in New Hampshire, Pisgah, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Up until I read this article by Ken, I had never heard of Pisgah State Park. It's different because it's far away from the allure of the White Mountains, but no less beautiful. You can really feel away from it all. And it is perhaps the most remote state park in New Hampshire. All right, do you know where it is? I had no idea. In fact, I've lived in New Hampshire for many years. I've lived here since 1977, never heard of Pisgah State Park, which spans over 13,000 acres within the towns of Winchester, Chesterfield, and Hinsdale, offering more of a wilderness feel than many other state parks. I never knew of its existence. Did you? The main summit located within the park is, ironically enough, 1,329-foot Mount Pisgah, P-I-S-G-A-H. There are wide views in several directions from its ledgy top. Part of the charm of Pisgah State Park, for the writer, is its variety of ponds, swamps, and wetlands. Kilburn Pond is one of the larger ponds in the park. A loop hike of 6.3 miles can be made around its perimeter. And several of the main roads through the park are remnants of when the area was used for farming back in the 19th century. Along these roads are signed historical sites that include old homesteads, mills, dams, and boarding houses. So there you go. Pisgah State Park. you have to check it out. Winchester, Chesterfield, Hinsdale. All right. Hey, we thank you for joining us today here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com, Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. If you missed a portion of this show or simply would like to hear it again, join us a little after 7 o'clock tonight. 
right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Have a great Monday, everybody. Thank you.